Hello, chefs. You're listening to Chef's PSA Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Natera. On today's episode, we are going to talk about career paths and what it's like to work in a restaurant, what it's like to work in a hotel, and what it's like to work in a country club. So stay tuned. So what's new, everybody? I'll tell you what's new with me. Last week, on the Chef's PSA podcast, I told everyone that I launched some merch. And, um, well, that was short-lived because within a week, someone complained and my merch got taken down. Anyway, long story short, Instagram account gets taken down. Now my merch account gets taken down. I'm starting to think that somebody doesn't like me out there, which is stupid because I'm, like, probably the nicest person you'll ever meet in real life. In fake chef life, maybe not, but in real life, I am super nice. Anyway, long story short, stores back. The original Chef's PSA book, which I had talked about last week, I'll probably update um, and take down. I plan on adding new PSAs to it, taking out some of the old ones that are no longer relevant and uh, updating that. So it'll be uh, Chef's PSA, you know, volume two. And then I just wrapped up my new book, which I'm hoping to have out within, hopefully within two weeks. And that is Culinary Leadership Fundamentals. Um, That one is going to be much more serious. It's not, you know, jokey like the first book. Um, That one is intended to help young chefs, new chefs, young cooks, people that want to become executive chefs really understand, you know, the basic fundamentals of leadership. So look out for that book coming soon. But anyway, let's get to the subject at hand today. And that is the difference between hotels, restaurants, country clubs. And the only reason I'm including those three is because those are the only three which I've worked in. And I've been an executive chef of a hotel. I was a regional chef for a hotel, regional corporate chef for a hotel chain. Um, I was also a chef of a a restaurant, chef slash partner. And then I was also a chef of a country club. So I've, I've done all three. I speak from experience. And I've worked as a cook in restaurants and hotels, but I've never worked as a cook in a country club. But anyway, uh, long story short, I I know what I'm talking about when I could um, speak to some of the differences between all three environments. So I'd like to say that I enjoyed my time in all three. So if someone's looking for me to say that one is better than the other, it's really all individual preference. But I do want to take you through what some of the pros and cons are of all three. So I want to start with country clubs. Now, I have to say that I've spent the least amount of time in my career in a country club. I think it was about three years as an executive chef where I oversaw two country clubs. And here's the thing that a lot of people uh, may or may not know about country clubs. If you're a chef of a country club, like if you're looking as an executive chef, they do pay very well. Country clubs, I think, are maybe some of the top paying jobs um, in the city, depending on the prestige of the country club. And of course, there's low end of, of everything. There's low end restaurants, there's high end restaurants, low end hotels, high end hotels. Well, the same applies to country clubs. But in general, I would say, you know, as a, if I was going to use a general statement, I would say that country clubs will pay more. Um, and that's why a lot of country clubs, you see a lot of certified master chefs, certified executive chefs that are chefs of country clubs, people that have uh, garnered some prestige in their career and the reason that is is because you know the country club members want to know that their chef is the best of the best in class that they've they've selected one of the best chefs within the city um, that can make great food for them and the membership so some of the pluses about working in a country club is you know you you don't have every meal period you know you might have like the um you might do some breakfast tacos for golf carts 
Um, you might have to do a, a Sunday brunch occasionally in some places, but for the most part, you're looking at lunch service, dinner service, and you know maybe some sort of small buffet um, in the locker room, depending on how many um, depending on how many kitchens you have to service. The members are extremely picky in country clubs. I will say that, and um, they kind of have bland palates, at least in my experience. Um, you know, make sure you have a, a turkey club, a chicken sandwich, a hamburger, make sure your fries are good. Um, make sure you have a good steak. But for, for the most part, I would say that the, the food in general in the country club is probably of all three, I would say it's probably the safest. It doesn't mean that there's not a lot of technique involved because I'm sure you'll put in, uh, or I'm sure you'll put on some high end banquets, um, some weddings and things like that where, where you have an opportunity to showcase there might be some culinary program within the country club. In my case, we would do a tasting menu every Saturday just to break it up. Um, so there, there's opportunity within country clubs. Country clubs are fun. Um, the environment is, is much more relaxed, but a lot is dictated by the members and what they want. And, you know, it's, it's not so much the chef's creativity on a plate in a country club. It's about making sure that, you know, you're delivering consistently good food and it's delicious and you know it's it's best in class in terms of a country club setting and it's uh, it's really hard for me to define exactly what country club food is but it's not restaurant food and it's not necessarily hotel food it's country club food and it, and it kind of falls into its own uh, unique genre some of the the downsides of working in a country club i would say is you know for me it was some of the frustrations uh, when it came to the type of chef that I am, I really wanted to push culinary to a high end. I'd meet with members and they say, you know, we want to, we want to have food as good as the best restaurants within the city. I said, okay. So I'd start to create menus like that. And they'd say, no, that's, that's not what we mean. Like we want a good steak and, you know, French fries. So sometimes there is a little bit of a disconnect between what the country club members think good food is versus what a chef, you know, a creative chef might think good food is. So navigating that sometimes can be a little bit difficult, but I can say this, if you happen to be an executive chef and you get one of those great country club jobs, you'll notice most of those executive chefs don't leave. They take really good care of you as a chef when you're in a country club. They pay you well. You get great benefits. Time off is great. You know, you might have to work some brunches for the holidays, so Thanksgiving brunch, Christmas brunch. But besides that, I mean, you are you have a pretty good life. So um, country club chef life is, isn't the worst. It, you know, it's a, it's a good balance of life, I think. Uh, between the three hotel country club and restaurant, I think country club for an executive chef probably gives you the best work life balance. So now let's talk about restaurants. And when talking about restaurants, I think it's important to note that there are different levels of restaurants. You could be talking about a diner or you could be talking about a three Michelin star restaurant and everything in between. So that's, that's a wide range of variety between, you know, the two ends of the spectrum. For, for the sake of this conversation, I want to focus on the upper high-end restaurants. So I'm not talking three Michelin star, but let's, let's you know, good restaurants within the city. Generally speaking, in most restaurants, the chef is, you know, the head of the kitchen and what they say goes and everything goes through the chef. So in a lot of places, the general manager reports to the chef, everyone reports to the chef. So not just the culinary team, but... Everything that is built upon the success of a restaurant, a lot of times that is, you know, a, a chef-driven concept. And that's a fun place to be if you're the chef of a restaurant. You know, the kitchen, the kitchen runs things and it's fun. And, 
you know, you, you get to create food and, and every day you live and die by the sales that you make that day. Um, on good days, you know, it's a win and it's a win for the team. And on bad days, you start thinking, are we going to have to close the restaurant tomorrow or the next week? A chef knows their food cost every day. A chef is in the kitchen working. I would say uh, when I was a chef of a restaurant, probably 80% of my time was spent, you know, behind the stove or with a knife in my hand. And 20% of my time was a, a managerial admin. And that is very different in hotels and country clubs. So a chef in a restaurant is really hands-on, you know, pushing pushing for greatness with their team, involved with the front of the house and the service team, involved with the culinary team, really working on making something great. And I think that's one of the great things about working in a restaurant is if you are creative and, and you're driven and you want to make a name for yourself, a restaurant, an independent restaurant with the right backing behind you, it can be a, a really fun experience. On the flip side, um, I would say that there are some risks if you're a, a young cook going into restaurants, you know, sometimes the restaurant environment has that reputation of, you know, the door's locked when you show up and you know what, you're not getting paid. Um, it's really easy to let people go in the restaurant world. Sometimes there's things that happen that um, you get a bad review in the paper or something like that. And then, you know, your restaurant might be open a couple of weeks after that before it's time to close because you live and die off sales and there's nothing else to support the restaurant other than the restaurant. So the ecosystem in a restaurant is much more fragile. Now, when we're talking about successful restaurants, you know, there are some successful restaurant groups out there that, you know, when they're, when they're busy, you know, they're, they're building an empire and they're scaling up and they have lots of money and that's a great place to be. But when you're that small independent restaurant, trying to make a name for yourself every single day, the person that walks through that door, the money that they give you, that is very important because that's how you pay your rent. That's how you pay your bills. That's how you pay your staff. So there's a certain amount of pressure that goes into that within a restaurant. When I was the chef of a restaurant, I was also the accountant. I was also the human resources manager. I was also the dishwasher if they called off. I was also the night cleaner if they didn't show up. So there's fewer resources in a restaurant when things kind of go haywire. So you're going to wear a lot of hats when you're working in a restaurant. But as a cook, the environment is fun. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's, I, I enjoyed my time in a restaurant. It was chaotic at times and, you know, I have some good memories. I have some bad memories, but for the most part in general, I enjoyed my time as uh, being a chef of a restaurant. But in my case, my restaurants closed and that was something that uh, I don't ever wish upon anybody because that was a very tough thing um, to see go down. So anyway, restaurants are fun. The chef is the boss. And if you are pushing in a restaurant and you change your menu when you need to change your menu, you have that flexibility because you are able to make decisions in real time in a restaurant. And I think, you know, now we're going to get into hotels. I think we could talk about some of the differences between restaurants and hotels, specifically when it comes to food. Um, in hotels, a lot of hotels, and, and again, hotels, there's the low end hotels and there's the high end hotels. And I, you know, worked in high end hotels, Fairmont hotels, um, was my last job. I was the chef at the Fairmont in, in Austin, Texas, which was the largest luxury hotel. We had great restaurants and we had a great chef program there. So I had access to pretty much everything. Money was, I hate to say money's no object because I don't mean it like that, but it was definitely money was no object compared to my experience in country clubs and uh, restaurants. You know, I, I had all the equipment I needed. It was top of the line. 
whenever I needed something, no problem, get it. If I wanted caviar, I was buying, you know, kilo tins of caviar whenever I needed truffles on the menu. We were able to spend money because we were making money. And that's one great thing about hotels is they have the banquet operation to prop them up. And because you have that banquet operation propping up the rest of the, the rest of the, uh, the restaurants, bars and the hotel, you could sometimes do stupid things that you might not understand would have consequences in the restaurant world. So you could have a, you know, a zombie dish, something that hasn't sold in a long time in a, in a hotel and no one's going to say anything because maybe it's, you know, the, the catering manager's favorite dish. So it stays on the menu or the owner's favorite dish, but it doesn't sell. It only sells to that one person in a restaurant. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have, you couldn't afford the luxury of having a bad dish on the menu. You look at something, if it's not selling, you get it off. You put something on there that is selling in a hotel, because you have rooms and banqueting operations propping up the rest of the hotel. It sometimes gives chefs a false sense of, you know, how good they're really performing because you could be carrying some bad dishes and you could be making some poor financial decisions in one area, but you're making some great financial decisions in another area. So they kind of become a wash and, and they get swept under and no one notices them. So it's, it's a little bit different. Uh, another thing I'll talk about big difference between a hotel and a restaurant is in a, in a hotel, the chef is the king of the kitchen, but that's the extent of their power usually. Where in the restaurant, you know, they, their power reaches all the way to their own human resources department because they're probably the human resources person. But in a hotel, you have those positions. You have a director of engineering, you have a human resources director, a catering manager, and they all operate independently from the culinary team. So I've seen a lot of chefs that transition from the restaurant world to the hotel world that really struggle with the hotel politics, let's call it, because they don't understand, like, I'm the chef, what I say goes, what's the problem here? Why, why doesn't everyone else get it? Um, and it's because, you, you know, hotels typically have an executive committee, and that executive committee is equal weight. So, you know, the director of sales and marketing has the same amount of power as the executive chef, which in a restaurant, that's crazy. What do you mean? Why are you taking, why are you taking orders from a sales guy? Like, they work for us, but not in the hotel. It's almost like there's this equal footing for both parties. So the power dynamic changes drastically from, from restaurants to hotels. And I think if you're not used to that, it could be very difficult for you to understand that the kitchen is a part of the hotel uh, versus being the only part of a restaurant. Like just, it's just a different mindset and it's important that people understand that, you know, it's, um, I'll also say that hotels also have this mindset, same thing with country clubs, that the customer is always right and they could get whatever they want. You know, they're paying X amount of dollars for a room, sometimes to a fault, like, you know, the food and beverage director is going to walk up to the chef in a fine dining restaurant and say, hey, I need you to give me a chicken Alfredo, which happens to be my specialty. Great. Let me give you a chicken Alfredo. But it's like, come on, you wouldn't. You wouldn't walk into a three Michelin star restaurant and say the customer gets whatever they want. Give them a chicken Alfredo. But you would do that in a hotel, which is, you know, sometimes it's this institutionalized mentality that you give the customer whatever they want. And as a chef, it's like, how can you do that to me? I've put all my effort into making this handmade pasta dish and, um, you know, these organic tomatoes, et cetera, et cetera. And you're, you want me to give you like spaghetti with butter noodles or whatever. Um, and it just drives you crazy. And, you know, the, the person's going to come up to you and say, you know, so-and-so wants a blackened chicken Alfredo. And you're going to be like, okay, you know, whatever. 
and you can't do anything about it because like I said, a lot of times the chef is equal to the person um, telling them what to do. Hotels, uh, the hierarchy is different in different hotels. So you, some hotels have a food and beverage director that the chef reports to. Other hotels, the food and beverage director and the chef are equal. So in my case, um, my most recent jobs, I was equal to the food and beverage director, which I enjoyed that much more um, than having to report up to a food and beverage director. It gave me much more autonomy in, in my kitchen to do what I needed to do to make it progress a little bit and take my culinary team where I needed to take it. And I'll tell you a story. You know, this is a, I feel like I've been talking about the difference between these three, but I'll tell you a story. I was judging an audition for Gordon Ramsay's MasterChef when it had just come out. And I was judging it with a certified master chef, great legendary chef, Ferdinand Metz, um, who used to run the Culinary Institute of America. And he and I were the two judges. And we sat down at lunch and we were having a conversation. And he says, do you know why hotels have food and beverage directors? And I said, no, I have no idea why hotels have food and beverage directors. And he said, because back in the day, chefs were tyrants. You know, in the, in the 60s and 70s and the 50s, chefs were tyrants. And if you didn't like the way that the food was served, the, ho- the chef was going to tell you to get out of the restaurant. He was going to tell you, I don't serve my steak that way, or this is exactly how I want my fish served. You cannot change it. And so they introduced the food and beverage director because chefs didn't have those soft skills. The food and beverage director was the liaison between the customers or the guests and the culinary team and the chef. And so, you know, they were suave, they were smooth, and they were able to finesse things between the two areas. What was interesting, Ferdinand Matt said this to me, he says, now chefs are on TV, you know, they have big personalities, they understand how to engage with customers. He says, once hotels remember why food and beverage directors exist, they might take them away. So anyway, that was, uh, it was an interesting conversation. I don't know how true that is, but it was, it's food for, th- food for thought nonetheless. Um, it was a good time. So anyway, long story short, that to me is really the biggest difference between all three. It's an individual choice. They're all great career paths. If we were strictly to talk about money, um, you know, cause I, I think that's usually the million dollar question is people want to know what, what pays the most. They're all going to be different, but I would say in general, um, the top end of all three pay a lot. So when I say the top end of all three, I'm talking about like hotels in Las Vegas or Macau, you know, pay as much as like some of the greatest restaurants in, in the world for their head chef position. And some of the greatest country clubs also pay as much as those great hotels. So the very top end probably pays the same. The low end, I would say the low end Country clubs probably pay more than low-end hotels and low-end restaurants. So I would say country clubs pay a little bit better as a general rule of thumb. And I would say in the middle, you know, depending on the high-end restaurant, high-end hotel, I think they're they're pretty much equal. Um, but I think certain high-end hotels might pay a little bit more. Um, in my experience, I've noticed high-end hotels pay more than the high-end restaurants within the city unless you're the chef owner. So if you're looking to make money, if you're looking for benefits, I would steer towards the direction of hotels uh, and country clubs. But if you're looking for that uh, freedom, the creativity, the ability to, you know, execute daily service and, you know, that that rush of live and die every day by what you do during service, you know, restaurants there in terms of culinary creativity, they're all different. I would say you have more flexibility. Um, 
within a hotel to learn more things because you could work in banquets, you could work in breakfast, you could work in a restaurant, you could work in a cafeteria. You know, there's a lot of different things you could learn. Where in a restaurant, you're just learning the food of that particular restaurant. Um, in a country club, I think, you know, probably has a little bit more than a restaurant because they have a restaurant. They probably have a buffet. They might offer a couple of other things. But in general, there's more going on than just the restaurant where, um, so I would say in terms of the amount of skills you could learn, you could probably learn the most uh, in a, in a hotel, then country club, then restaurant. But if we're talking like the top, top, top of the food chain, restaurants, hotels, country clubs, like you can't go wrong. If you're going to go work at a three Michelin star restaurant, a five star hotel, or the best country club in the world, those are all great choices. And you're going to learn a tremendous amount from all three. So individual choice and, uh, you know, well, anyway, if you want to support the show, there's a donate button in the show notes on Spotify. We have merch, as we just, as I said earlier, chefspsa.com. You can find all of that. We have the book, Chef's PSA, How Not to Be the Biggest Idiot in the Kitchen. You can buy that on Amazon. It's also available on Audible. The new book will be out soon. You can find me on all social channels, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, etc. And uh, we'll see you next week. Hit the porno music. Thank you, everyone.